The way she moves through this journey has such grace, such confidence. Her words, so fluent, so magical, you can't help but be drawn to her. Her aura, breathtaking. Her name, Black Woman. I am Chelsea Coleman, AKA Cleo the Godmother, the creator and host of Black Girls Speak TV. And this is Black Girls Speak podcast for and about informing, uplifting, and empowering women of color across the globe. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Speak. I'm your host, Cleo the Godmother, and I'm here to talk about all things black women, all things black girl, all things black. I hope you all have been fighting a good fight. I hope y'all have been resting, wear y'all mask, wear your mask, wear your, I ain't got to wear one because I'm, I'm recording, I'm in my house, wear your mask, thanks, so there have been, I guess, uproars on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and those type of things where the black community has begun to have conversations, or at least try to have conversations about colorism, a term that a lot of us don't believe is real. But I'm here to let you know that it's real and that it's a problem. But I come with facts. You know, I don't I don't present anything without facts. So let's be colorism is sort of a not even sort of colorism is a mental programming. It is what we have been conditioned and programmed to believe. And in in that sense, we treat others because of our, we treat others the way that we do because of our programming. Um, This, as well as misogyny and sexual exploitation and sexual abuse all coexist on the basis of colorism. Now, colorism, is the prejudice based on skin tone, usually with a strong preference for lighter skinned people. Now this term was coined in 1983 by Alice Walker, and we'll get more into her as I go further along. Um, Before we used colorphobia or colorstruck to describe people who liked lighter skinned people more than dark skinned people. Now, If you really sit back and think about our history, and though they don't teach us our history, if you sit back and think about our history, a lot of the decisions that our slave masters made were based on our color. You're light-skinned, you're going in the house. You still have to deal with slave things, but you a house nigga, so you're somewhat protected. If you dark, you going in that field and you picking that cotton. You have to in- endure more of more treacherous, more volatile, more deafening things because you're darker. Now the proximity to whiteness increases the chances of freedom, as they thought back in those slavery times. If if I pass the brown paper bag test, then I can get into a store. I, I, I won't have to go through the colored entrance. I can I can maybe possibly pass through the white entrance because I look more like them. 
if you guys are paying attention to what's going on right now, we need no more division. Now, colorism is internalized white supremacy. Let me, let me say that again. Colorism is a form of internalized white supremacy. This is a tactic to keep us blinded from the real enemy who is our oppressor. If I can program them to not only let us oppress them, but also let some of them think that they can also oppress their own people, then we've won. We, we have the responsibility of healing ourselves, healing our community, and then demanding justice. And, and it can become a lot. It can become a lot for us as black people to want to have to deal with all that. But that's why we're here. We're, we're not here for nothing less than excellence. And so with excellence comes molding and it comes learning and it comes dismantling things that are no longer a part of us. I believe that colorism is a form of trauma that we all suffer from because we all have PTSD. We all still suffer from slavery and slave mentality. We're still slaves. We're just modernized slaves. We're free physically, but mentally and economically, we're still slaves. But you know, just like I know, that if you wouldn't have broke... First of all, I know my ancestors did not want to come here. <laughs> I know that for a fact. I know that had they not brought us here, we would all still be in Africa. Do you know how big Africa is? We would all still be in Africa. And we would have all been able to fit and live there. So... For them to take us and bring us here and then program our minds not only to feel inferior to them but also have someone who is the same as us tell us that they're better than us they're, they're winning this race you guys don't want to talk about colorism because oh it's not real it's not real oh my god i'm light-skinned and i love my dark-skinned brother i'm dark I've never teased the light-skinned girl for being light-skinned. I'm dark. I've never teased the light-skinned nigga for being light-skinned and soft. That's all programming. We feel like we can't treat each other any less than they're treating us when we are. You know, um, Asada Shakur, I love her. She said it best. She said, but to become free, you have to be acutely aware of being a slave and if we deny colorism we are literally denying the fact that we used to be slaves and we're denying that part of history we can't do that so I want to talk about the light skin struggle so some say that light skinned black people's heritage in the US stems from the practice of sexual slavery sexual abuse, and sexual exploitation in American slavery. 
Now this comes from what I said before. House slave. Oh, you a house slave. But where did you come from? There was a woman who was a slave who was taken against her will, who was raped by her slave master, who all, who became pregnant and had a light-skinned baby. That baby was then taken from her and put inside while she was still outside, picking cotton, barely eating, watching her brothers and sisters get their asses beat for no reason. So denying colorism means that you're denying that that happened. You're, you're, you're denying that that ever existed. Now, whether you, whether light-skinned black people want to believe it or not, you have a privilege. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's up to you. But factually, historically, you have a privilege and you've had this privilege for 400 plus years. Now, you are seen as more valuable, you're seen as more desired, and you're seen as more profitable than a dark skin. Your privilege can't be denied. And once you realize that you have a privilege, you will then start to dismantle it. Just like how we say white people have a privilege that they have to, you know, realize and remember, you as a light-skinned man and woman, black women, black men, have a privilege and you have to accept that you have that privilege and then find ways to destroy it. Find ways to unite it. Now, light-skinned people do face adversity. As some have reported being told they aren't black enough, some have been teased in school, some have been assaulted by their peers for their color. Some have been told they aren't preferred. Oh, I don't, I don't want you, I, I want the dark skin. Now, light-skinned people are also seen as people who are full of themselves, conceited, oh, she thinks she cute, cause she, she light-skinned, she got pretty hair. Oh, this, oh, this nigga think he the shit cause he a pretty boy. And I've, I've seen, I've seen dark-skinned men and dark-skinned women tell light-skinned nigga, you soft as hell. You soft as a bitch, you, you a, you a bitch. You light-skinned, oh, you, you cry all the time. You weak as hell. Because he's light-skinned, he's seen as weak? Why is that? Because she's light-skinned, she's seen as a pretty girl who thinks she's full of herself? Well, she might be the most down-to-earth motherfucker you ever met. But because she's light-skinned, you put her on a different pedestal. It is our job as, I guess, the dark-skinned community. I don't even know. See, that in itself is just weird to me to even say that. But... I, us in the dark skin community have to make sure that we don't pour our hurt and our pain on them because they don't understand what they do. They don't understand that. They do it because it's what they're taught. A light skinned girl gonna call a dark skinned girl ugly. Oh girl, you got 4C hair, that's nappy as hell. I got 3C hair and it's loose and I can pin it up a sneaker bag and it look like I'm like a white girl. You know, they, you're not. That's, that's what we're taught. See, this, this isn't me blaming the light-skinned people because I can't blame y'all. I gotta blame our oppressor because they're the ones who taught us this. They're the ones who have stuck this in our brain. This is nothing but another way to divide us. And if we don't see that and understand that, it'll never change.
ever. Now I'm talking about the dark skin struggle, something that I know very well. So, dark skinned people, men and women, are perceived to be more suspicious, more likely to misbehave, and more likely to commit crimes. Ain't that something? Also, we're viewed as non-human and ape-like. Light-skinned women receive 12% less time behind bars than dark-skinned women. And if you notice, back in the day, and even still now, most upper-class families in the U.S. were light-skinned. We can talk about shows like Bill Cosby, the Bill Cosby Show, even though Bill Cosby has done things that he probably shouldn't have done. Besides the point, the lead lady was a light-skinned woman. Shows like Martin, the lead lady was a light-skinned woman. Shows like The Proud Family and, and many others that you guys know of, the lead lady was a light-skinned woman. Was she not? I'll continue. Light-skinned men and women are more likely to get married than dark-skinned men and women. I'm gonna say it one more time. Light-skinned men and women are more likely to get married than dark-skinned men and women. But you guys say colorism isn't real and that's preference, that's just my preference. Then why, statistically, you guys are getting married more often than, than I would and we're all in the same race? But it's a preference. I. This I've we've seen this. We've seen this. If you look at any celebrity, any male celebrity, most of the time, eight times out of ten, their spouse is a light-skinned woman with long. She only has to have to be light-skinned. She's just foreign. She's not dark. She's she looks white. She could pass for a white foreign lady. That's what makes them feel like they're getting closer to freedom. Is that not programming? Is that not habitual? Is that not something that we, we think is the right way to go when it's nothing but the wrong way? If you look at women, there are women who prefer a light-skinned man over a dark-skinned man because they want light-skinned babies. They want babies with pretty hair. They want babies with pretty eyes. This is something that is destroying our community. It is destroying it. We don't see it because we see, I mean, not to say that it's no bigger than police brutality, but police brutality is something that needs to be handled right now. But colorism will follow it. And if it's up to me, it will happen simultaneously. There was actually an, an interview with Lil Wayne and 50 Cent where 50 Cent was really bashing us dark-skinned women. I'm talking about bashing. I'm talking about real life saying like, I want a light-skinned. They, they foreign to the, the black girl. They this and they that. But I, but I love a lot. Lil Wayne has, Lil Wayne has songs talking about how he want a, a red bone. He, he, he like I'm better red and I like a long hair, thick red. 
come on man this is this is what we know this is what we've been programmed to know this is what we've been programmed to do to divide us now dark women dark skinned women face more sexist misogynistic and colorist behavior from other black men we get teased more we get picked over more we get oh I'll fuck a dark girl, but I want to marry a light skin. <laughs> it's sick. <laughs> but like I said, I can't. I can't blame y'all. I can't blame us for something that we've been programmed to do. All I can do is hope that this will make you unprogrammed, make you see. That this isn't something that people just make up. This isn't something that dark-skinned women and dark-skinned men just just make up. This is statistic. This is from history. This is this is a part of our history. At that, this is not even just white history. This is our history. This is this is what they did to us to make us believe that if you were dark, if you white, you were all right. See, I don't even want to get into that song. What 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 makes me so upset about having conversations about colorism is the fact that people just deny it. People just people just think that me as a dark skinned woman is just making up what I experienced. I can't make this up. I have had men choose light skinned women over me. I have had the the fucked up part is we don't as dark-skinned women, we we don't experience um, misogyny and sexist remarks and colorist remarks from white people. We experience this from people of our community. I've I've experienced black men saying, "Oh, you you blackest, you you dark. You got good skin for a dark-skinned girl. You got nice hair for a dark-skinned girl." These are things that we hear on a daily basis. I grew up in a three sibling, single parent household. Really two sibling, cause I'm, I'm the, I'm the baby. So yeah, shout out to all the babies of the families. What's up, hey? Um, and I am the only one that's this color. My older sisters are light skinned. And we, we joke around and, you know, we, when I talk to them, because I am, I am the more radical, the more um, liberated, the more um, pro-black sibling of, of all of us. And, you know, I'll joke around and be like, y'all be house niggas. And, you know, I, me and mama would be in the field. But there's truth behind that. Me and mama would have been in the field and my sisters would have been in the house. They got good hair. They're half Hawaiian. They're half Native American. So those things attribute to how they look. They would have been in the house. Me and mama and my father, my father's dark, would have all been in the field. And we would have got sold first. But that's another conversation for another day. Now colorism isn't just uh, um, an American thing. This is, this is global. There are places in, in India and, and in the Caribbean and in Jamaica and Nigeria where 
bleaching cream is a global money maker. Economically, bleaching cream is number one. In, in a lineup of products that people buy, it's top two, and it ain't two. The trauma connected to colorism really does create a sense of denial. You know, when, when something traumatic happens to you as a person, you try to detach yourself from it. You try to find any way to make it not real. You know, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is really it's, it's It feels good. A fantasy is better than reality. You know, we, we don't want to face... As people, we already face reality. We, we got to deal with our own self. We got to deal with our family. We got to deal with the world. So it's like adding more reality on top of that creates dismay mentally. But we can't deny this. This ain't nothing we can really deny if you really want to think about it. This is something that is dividing us. We can't be divided no more than we already are. The common enemy is the white man, is white supremacy, is white superiority. That is the common enemy. We shouldn't, I guess I can understand why people be like, it's not real or we, you, you doing too much or it's not even like that because it's like, you know, you, you want to believe as a black person. I can't oppress you more than we already oppressed, but you are. And you, you have been for, for centuries. This is something that we have to talk about. This is a conversation that has to be had, not just right now, not just with this video, not just with me talking my shit, because I can, I can talk my shit all day. But if the conversation, if the topic at hand that I'm pushing out isn't touching y'all enough to make y'all want to have conversations, then I'm not doing my job. My job is to inform, uplift, and empower. After this, after, after this video, you need to have conversations. There need to be forums. There need to be seminars about colorism. Let's talk about it. There, and the, the funny thing is there have been. There are videos, um, I think it's called Grapevine, where they're sitting down and having a discussion about colorism, and it's a bunch of women. I will include the link in the description box. I'm going to include a lot of videos that I watched to be informed because I didn't want to get on this video and talk in the wind and, and speak from only the perspective of a dark-skinned woman. I wanted to be informed on both sides so we can both understand how this affects both of us and so we can understand that we only have one common enemy and you know who that is. Only a fool let somebody else tell him who his enemy is. Shout out to Asada Shakur. I'm sorry, y'all. I just, I love her. I, I got her book, and she's, her quotes, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Like I said before, ignorance is bliss, but there is nothing blissful about oppression. Nothing. We are fighting a very good fight. We have a lot of momentum built up. We can't let it drop. We need every ounce of it. We need everybody. It don't matter if you can't go to protest. There's always a way to support your people. As you guys know, 
I always have a song of the week and a book of the month. Now the song of the week is Complexion, written by and performed by Kendrick Lamar featuring Rhapsody. And I love Rhapsody. If y'all don't know who that is, please get into it. She is lyrically impeccable. This came off the album To Pippa Butterfly, which was written in 2015. And I love this song. It has like a little upbeat feel to it. You already know. I like to put y'all on the good music. Informative, but good. So I'm going to put that in the link. I'm going to put that link in the description box below. Now the book of the month is In Search of Our Mother's Garden, written by Alice Walker. Alice Walker is, y'all, impeccable. She was born in Georgia, but right now she lives in California. She is the writer of The Color Purple. Did you hear me? You said it again. She wrote The Color Purple, the, the, a movie that every black person in America has seen. She wrote it. She also was the person who coined the term colorism. Get into the book, get into Alice Walker, figure out who she is and why she's important in the black community. I will put a link in the description box below to order this book on Amazon. You feel me? Now on the next episode of Black Girl Speak, we'll get into who is the common enemy? How has this common enemy tried to destroy us, tried to dismantle us, tried to distract us? And what the common enemy is doing right now, modernly right now, that connects to the past. That's all the time that I have for y'all today. I hope this video was informative. I hope this video helped y'all realize what y'all need to do to further push out this topic. And I think I'm about to go and research some more <laughs> because as a black woman I gotta be I gotta know what's going on I, I gotta know I, I gotta know so as I always say always choose love always choose yourself and always keep it G